Hi everyone and welcome to episode 125 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. And we're also joined by Jared. Hey everyone. Yay. How are we all today? We are doing well. We are yeah? excellent. Yeah. That's good. Have we, have we recovered from E3? Um, I think so. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely a very very busy time for us. I mean, there was just so much information before and then during E3, and now it's just nice to just kind of calm down a bit. It is. There's not as much news coming out. Yeah, it's the classic lull. Yeah. It's interesting actually because there have been quite well, I'd say not quite a few, but there were a reasonable amount of interviews that came out of it, but nothing really that interesting was in any of them no no there hasn't really been anything i mean there's been a few like interviews with tabata but none of them have really had anything that's like oh my god most of it is just please be excited for the next thing that we're going to announce yeah it's just regurgitating it's definitely not quite as uh, intense as last year's e3 was no that was intense and (laughs) i just i still crack up with the fact that Nomura was doing E3 interviews, but only with Japanese publications. Yeah, I'm guessing he wasn't there, but like, yeah, it was just the fact that it's just, yeah, everybody's like, "Where is Kingdom Hearts 3? And he's just like, "Nope." Yep. <laughs> Where's Final Fantasy VII Remake? Nope. Nope. Um. So yeah, we're in the E3 lull. That means that we have limited news to talk about today. There's a few few different things that came out of E3 that kind of filtered. Um. But there's not really much else. So our main topic today is actually going to be. What's it like to venture back to play older Final Fantasy titles? This is going to try and be all-encompassing, and it's. I think we talked about something similar on FF Chat once, but we've got Jared now, so Jared's going to be in, in, engaging with the story, and um, he's got a very different experience to maybe me and also Lauren, and I, mm-hmm. I think there is one aspect that we're missing out on, which is the original Final Fantasy gamer, but we'll get onto that later on. <sighs> <laughs> can't wait um but for you new listeners final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom Hearts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom Hearts union and we come on the itunes store finalfantasyunion.com and youtube.com forward slash ff union vids we have a couple of new patreons this episode so we're just going to do our shout outs for anyone who's pledging two dollars fifty and above do you want to start it off lauren uh sure first off we have barry nornan at nortron zero and we've got christian burge Christian Thompson at Orbit Z Gaming. Clay Killo at Super Nindo. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Lewis James. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack95. Then we have Satria Jayasudama, who's at Satria625 Ruben. Skylar Loveless. Tiger Crane at Palpool Milkshake. William Trengove at Varnish the Azure. Harley Crawley at Dark Said T Akami. Kina Johnston at Axe Ken. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto 58. Alex Troutman at Akir Name Jim. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Genesis Alejandro at Junisan 7. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Manning Franks at Like underscore Peyton. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Quayam. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And lastly, we have Zero Yano at Dilly Oblivion. I swear these people, they just challenge us. They challenge us with their names, but they're awesome though. Yes. Yes. We're just forever challenged. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yes. If you want to support us on Patreon, please head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And just a quick shout out, our fan gathering tickets are still on sale. We've now sold over 33% of our tickets. (gasps) And we've just announced that there will be a Theatrhythm tournament. So if you're in the UK and you fancy yourself as a bit of a Theatrhythm buff, (laughs) then uh, feel free to head down and challenge yourself against some of the finest in the country. Yeah. We have one guy, Sam, who's... um, He's come in second place, both events, second place. So he's he's kind of like the Leonardo DiCaprio of our uh, Theatrhythm tournament in that he just he's he's just so close, so, so close. close, and yet so far. Well, well, that means similar to DiCaprio, he's got to be in about what twenty tournaments. Yeah, exactly. We okay. have to have twenty <laughs> events. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our main topic for this episode, as I mentioned, it's going to be about venturing back to older titles. So. There's numerous ways that we can talk about this, but to set the scene, so I myself, I started with Final Fantasy VII, it was my first game, I kind of stumbled into the franchise, everyone else I knew was playing on the PlayStation 1, but there weren't too many people, and to be honest, if I hadn't have played Final Fantasy VII, I probably wouldn't have paid any attention to the fact that anyone else was playing it. Yeah. Uh, But I kind of stumbled into it by playing the PC version, somehow, (laughs) I don't know, it's just a really strange uh, scenario, but I mean, Lauren, you 
you stumble into Final Fantasy VIII. So I started with eight with my brothers. My brothers um, were playing it. Uh, they they've been they had been loyal to the series. I don't know when they started. To be fair, but um, I started with eight and. I kind of was in and out. I I was a seek, I was a sort of closet Final Fantasy gamer. I didn't really have anybody who I talked to at school about Final Fantasy at all. Um just because I just didn't sort of bring my gaming life to school with me. It that wasn't like intentional, but I just didn't. So that's sort of where I started and then I just sort of played the additional games as time went on. But yeah, that's that's where I started. And Jared, you started, as we established on a previous episode, with Advent, Advent Children. Yeah, so I think I probably got just one of the oddest stories about getting into Final Fantasy. Every so often, <laughs> you know, I would see an advertisement for 12 or something, but I never really get into it because I'm like, okay, 12, I have to play them all in order. I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I was ignorant yeah, of that. That's too and normal. And w- one day, I'm just walking into a GameStop. They got a TV going. And they, they're playing Advent Children. And I've never, at that time, I'd never seen a CGI movie. I'd never seen that kind of action. So since I'd recently bought PSP, I ended up buying the movie on UMD. And even though I couldn't fully understand the story, all I knew was that, okay, I want to understand this entire series now. So one of the first uh, Final Fantasy games to come out on PSP was, I think, the 25th anniversary of the first game, or the 20th anniversary. So I bought that edition mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy 1, and I was just completely sucked in. I'd never really played RPGs before outside of maybe Pokemon, but I'd never played a game that uh, I guess felt this tight with the mechanics. Uh, I was completely yeah. immersed in everything from the story to the music to even the little side characters. And from that point forward, all I wanted to play was RPGs. So do you feel that on that basis, like if you'd never really got into RPGs before, that Final Fantasy actually serves a very good entrance at, at any point, do you feel that? Because, I mean, I got into it uh, when I was, what, like 13, 14 with Final Fantasy VII. Lauren kind of understood it at Final Fantasy VIII, but maybe Final Fantasy X was the one that clicked with you? Um, Yeah, yeah. Whereas, Jared, you, you actually decided, no, I'm going to do this the quote-unquote correct way <laughs> uh, and go back and play Final Fantasy I first. Obviously, you played the PSP version, which is upgraded but the mechanics were still good enough and the story was still good enough to really kind of draw you in well uh, final fantasy one you know obviously doesn't have story quite like the modern ones do you know there's not quote-unquote main characters in your cast you're really just these unnamed characters it's the characters around you who are like the actual cast but um yeah to me it was just a great intro because i understood ahead of time that because i was playing the first game i was playing the oldest one it could potentially have the most flaws, but I was getting to the roots of the series. And um, hmm. the fact that, you know, it had prettier graphics made it a little easier, but the fact I was getting into the root of the entire franchise just opened up my appreciation for the series in general, not to mention just the genre of RPGs. Because it's kind of strange in that way, because, I mean, do you feel that it would have been different had you been an, uh, someone who was interested in RPGs? So, like, maybe you played a couple of Tales games or you played Disgaea or Persona and then you'd experience Advent Children for some reason and then gone back to play Final Fantasy 1. Do you think that would have hindered, like, how you were I, I believe at it? it would have hindered because the other series you've mentioned are ones I have either tried before in the past, like Tales, I tried, and from what people tell me, I, I chose, like, the worst ones to play. But uh, I mm. tried Tales, couldn't get into it. Persona probably would have just bent too odd to me because at the time I was 13 when I played it. I have a feeling Persona would have been just too weird for me to wrap my head around. It probably would have turned me off more than anything else. But I mean, like I said, up to that point, the only thing I was familiar with was um, Pokemon. But I I believe if I came into the series any other way, the chances of me getting into Final Fantasy would be much more slimmer. I guess with Pokemon as well, um, obviously it's it's very handheld focused, so the mechanics would probably actually be quite similar to Final Fantasy One. Yeah, and that's like the sort of thing that's weird to think about. Like, um, I don't know why, but it's obvious. Like, yeah, Pokemon is like an RPG, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I I don't know why. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I guess I just thought of Pokemon as th- as Pokemon when I was growing up. But, like, the fact that it is actually, like, an RPG, it's just different sort well, of um, mechanics I'm kind of glad you mentioned the uh, handheld thing, because, actually, I, I've, my first system was a handheld. So I've always had an affinity um, to handhelds compared to consoles. Had I tried to play Final Fantasy on an actual console, the chances of me liking it would have been even slimmer. The fact it was on a 
handheld, you know, I could play during car rides, you know, going to yeah, school or whatever, sure. just made it all the more easier for me to get into it. So that's weird, because in that case, you kind of fill two voids, let's say, because the one thing that we don't have, that I was going to say, we, we, well, we didn't have, was that we don't have someone that started with Final Fantasy 1 when Final Fantasy 1 came out. Yeah. But let's say, you know, the, the only slight difference between you and that person would be that, obviously, you're playing it 20 years after Final Fantasy 1 originally came out. Okay, so you're playing a spruced up version of it. But you also do have exposure to the wider gaming landscape at that point. Yeah. So... It's a slight thing because, like, I played Final Fantasy VII when it came out for the first time. If I was going back and I suddenly got into Final Fantasy right now and I went back to play Final Fantasy VII for the first time and it was my first JRPG, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Like, because gaming now is so ingrained in you, like, the way you have to do things. Even if you look at the, like, Final Fantasy games now and most JRPGs, they basically just walk you through the mm-hmm. game. Some of them do. Some of them do. I mean, Persona still has a lot of difficulty in in doing it. Like, I feel like Persona, at least, is a series that actually does still make JRPGs hard. Uh, it makes it a lot more difficult. Um, I mean, there's a lot in, of... In what way do you mean hard, though? Because I'm talking about, like, with the original Final fast-paced. Fantasy 1... fast-paced. With Final Fantasy 1, you had the dancer who would be like, oh, you have no idea where you're going then I'm going to give you a hint to go here. Okay, in that sense, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, they just didn't well, tell you really anything you need to do. I mean, with regards to Persona, they don't really they don't really handhold you much, like, with regards to the social links. It's basically up to you which ones you want to go with. And with regards to the dungeons, I mean, each sort of floor is completely different. So you're not sort of going through the same floor. You can go wrong directions and that sort of thing. And then if you take too long in a in a certain floor, in Persona 3 at least, uh, you're chased out by this death guy who can kill you in one hit and that sort of thing. So it really was like quite unforgiving as a JRPG now. Um, if that was my first JRPG, I don't know how I would have felt just because of how how much was in it but i do i do think it's it's quite difficult to play a persona game so let's take like final fantasy 7 lauren like when did you end up playing that because obviously you got into final fantasy 8 so you would have missed that. sure uh final fantasy 7 i think i maybe played a year or two later after final fantasy 8 i can't remember which one i went to first i can't ah, so remember if i went to after. no i can't remember if i went to final fantasy 9 or final fantasy 7 second it's just, yeah, it's kind of a blur at that point. But uh, yeah, I uh, going to Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it was it was weird because I never really thought to compare the two. Like, I just sort of thought they were just two did completely different games. Like in the sense that they had the sort of same mechanics, but they looked so different from each other. But like, they still had similar mechanics, so it wasn't it wasn't like it was a culture shock. It was just the graphically, it just looked different. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard for me to be okay with both. I mean, you know, you think about the mechanics in Final Fantasy VIII, it's it's very similar, but it, you just have the junction and draw system, whereas in Final Fantasy VII you have the materia system, which I think is a bit easier than oh, yeah. the junction system. So, I mean, for me, like, it's it's weird when you think about it because, like, yeah, Final Fantasy VII was my first one. It's probably the one I've played the most mm. spread, spread over that time since I... I've maybe played it three or four times. If I if I got into the series with thirteen though, and I went back to play Final Fantasy seven, I it's like playing a completely different game. It's it true. Like the mechanics of are, are so far removed now. Even twelve. Like if you got into a twelve, you'd be oh, like, you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> how did how did that become this? Yeah, like, which it, is how I was when I played twelve. So it's it's I think it's quite interesting how it kind of especially also if you got into maybe Crisis Core your first one. And you're like, oh, all right, I want to, I want to go and play Final Fantasy VII now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like with you, Jared, because if you started Final Fantasy One, what order did you go from there? Did you, did you still try and play them in order, or did Thirteen kind of get in the way? I, I want to say after playing One was when I slowly began to realize that each world, each game was its own uh, world. Each game was its own world. I, I don't actually don't remember how I uh, finally learned that, but uh, after that, I just started <laughs> playing every Final Fantasy game that would get ported to a uh, PSP. I mean, that's basically a porting machine. So I, I want to say I played Crisis Core after that, then 7, then Tactics, and then eventually 9 and 8. I guess when I was playing, like, I didn't... Internet wasn't really a huge thing back then. So, like, I wasn't even aware that you could even get Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2 at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, I Final Fantasy VI was released on the PlayStation One. Yeah, that's how. That's the only way I was able to play it at that time. And then I think shortly after, I mean, obviously emulation was a pretty big thing. Yeah, um, which I wasn't really into. You could, and I, well, the, the, there was the other revelation as well. I think for North America and and the Europeans was that well, actually, there's been six games. No, like given off by the fact that there's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. But playing Final Fantasy III and Final Fantasy V is like damn near impossible. Yes. Because there's no English version of them. Yeah. So you could find like Final Fantasy One quite easily. You could find Final Fantasy Four and Six, but two, three, and five were kind of these anomalies that, like, no one really wanted to. Well, no one could really find out much about them. I think 5 was probably the most accessible. Yeah, 5 was available on PS1 along with 4. It was some kind of a PS1 Yeah, it's the anthology. Game. Yeah. Yeah. 3 didn't come out till two years after I played 1. I think I was like in high school or something. And they announced a DS port for 3. But it's weird how like that that simple fact has just changed perception. Like no one ever really references 3, 2 or 3 or 5 as any of their favorites. Five probably gets again the most love because it's the most accessible, and three's mm. kind of coming back because they did the the, the three sorry the DS yeah remake of it. But, but it's that- still like nothing. There's nothing to like. That's what my problem with like the older games. If I had started with the older games, I don't think I would have gotten into people, the series. People as well. don't have the same feeling about Final Fantasy One though. I know. Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 3 are very similar in their premise. Yeah. Final Fantasy 2 obviously tried to change things. And Final Fantasy 5 is actually very similar to 4 and 6 in yeah. terms of, like, the structure. Yes. But they just, because of, like, how things have worked and, like, people just have these different opinions. Yeah. And, like, they're willing to give, like, Final Fantasy 7 a free pass. But, like, no one really wants to go back and play Final Fantasy 5. To be honest, if I if I really, like, sort of think about how I was back then... I think I probably would have been fine playing four through if I had access to all of them when I started. I'd probably be comfortable playing anything from four to ten, but I I don't think that I would have been okay with playing three the way it was basically, or Final Fantasy two or one because I was so um, set on like the story. And Final Fantasy four like has a good story. It's like, harsh. It's harsh. It's a good story Everyone though. Dies. And Final Fantasy five. Final Fantasy V has a nice story as well. Um, and, of course, Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI actually probably would have been the one that would have, like, solidified me into the series, if only because it was a good introduction, it had good characters and that sort of thing. So do you feel, but, I mean, like, well, obviously we've discussed getting into it uh, and going back to play the previous titles that we that were not accessible to us at that point. Yeah. I mean, I had no choice. I was European. Like, we had yeah. Final Fantasy VII was the first one we got. Yeah. And it took time before we could even know that others existed, really. <laughs> Um, because I mean, it wasn't too uncommon back then, that, especially with Japanese games, that you might end up getting the third game in the franchise, and you didn't ever really—I th- I didn't ever thought anything about it. Yeah, like you played a game at that time because it was coming out; it was cool. There, there, it wasn't too common because the stories weren't that great back then, and there wasn't like this whole franchise planning. Yeah. So if you got into a game halfway through, there wasn't really that much that you were missing out on not not really no that's the weird thing like i never really cared like i i mean you know you say now like oh well you started with final fantasy 7 but i never i never cared about the numbers for some reason no it'd be like like, how many people started with sonic 2 and then like yeah sonic 3 yeah i didn't play final fantasy or sorry sonic 1 until i was a like a teenager like i pl- i was playing fo- sonic 2 yeah, so i can't it, say them <laughs> it just wasn't it wasn't something that really kind of factored in like you played yeah. you played a game because you wanted to play that game who cares about the numbering system like well i mean yeah. Me- metal gear solid is a classic one it's actually i mean for number purposes it's the first game yeah but in reality it's really not like no, there are previous you have games metal right. gear. yeah like the metal gear f- uh, and so, I, I guess my focus when I so badly was wanting to play the games in order was just due to the fact I'd seen the movie and I'd seen the story in it. And because up to that point, I never really played games where there was much of a story. I mean, I played games like Kirby and Mario. You know, story doesn't matter. But then uh, when I get into Final Fantasy, I'm like, oh, there is a story. And they may or may not be cohesive in terms of playing them in the proper order. If I want to get my full experience out of it, you know, I need to do that. No, I mean, when you get to, yeah. like, prequels and spin-offs, or, excuse me, prequels and sequels, and yeah, that matters. But outside of that, you just get little yeah. nods and references to the other uh, f- series. Yeah, I think if I knew, if I, 
at that time, I had known the existence of the other games or knew how to get them. I think I probably would have gone back and played it from one. But at that time, I was very sort of set on I had to buy whatever I could get at like GameStop or Sam Goody. I, I know I struggled. I mean, I played Final Fantasy VII. I was so desperate to play Final Fantasy VIII. I was so happy when that came out. Final Fantasy IX, yeah. Final Fantasy X I was really interested in. But you know, during that time, I... I dabbled with final fantasy 4 i dabbled with final fantasy 6 yeah i like it just didn't I, I maybe it was the fact that you know the only way i could play them was emulation and like it was it's different playing it's hard. It in that environment yeah. it's hard and maybe it was also because i had been spoiled in the fact that i'd come into the final fantasy series when it was these 3d graphics and going back to play a jrpg that was like 16 bit see i had an easier time it doing just... that than getting into uh final fantasy but 7 then you were playing on portable right you're playing on portable. It's, I think it's slightly different if you're playing on portable. Like yeah, more, I definitely was playing on console. Well, well, it's like playing Final Fantasy IV on a console, like Final Fantasy IV 16-bit on a console is, it's it's a bit strange. Mm. Well, at least I, for me, I, I uh, where my preference came from, and maybe it is because I was playing on a handheld. To me, um, even though, you know, one had a new coat of paint on it, to me, pixel-based graphics, you know, 8-bit, 16-bit, they age better than... Um, 3D graphics. Oh, yeah, Like, when I was playing 7, it's like, okay, I, I see why people like it, but oh my god, the characters look so I ugly. I think 7's <laughs> graphics probably, like, lasted the test of, like, they, they, they held up better because they use like, polygons and exactly. stuff, like, sort of shapes. It was very simple. Final Fantasy Eight, on the other hand. Yeah, it, well, like, yeah, I mean, the CG, though, the FMVs were good. really yeah. good, um, and Final Fantasy Nine has held up really well, I think. I do, I do feel as though the portable makes a big difference, though, because oh, yeah. I Final Fantasy Two. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I actually prefer Final Fantasy Two to Final Fantasy <gasps> One. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I, as I, I kind of struggled with the other the, the, the pre seven Final Fantasy games yeah. until I got a Game Boy Advance, yeah, and I got Dawn of Souls, and I got Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and I just got I, I was so invested in that. It was the only games I ever bought for my Game Boy Advance. Final Fantasy games. Uh, I just loved playing them on it. But sit me down to play Final Fantasy One on my PC or on a TV, and I'd just be like, "No, I'm kind of bored now." To be honest, as I've gotten older, I think I feel like it's so much better to play Final Fantasy games on at least the ones that aren't like super expansive, like um maybe like Final Fantasy Thirteen, where it's not so based around grinding. I feel like they're a lot better to play on a handheld or a phone or something. I just feel like you can grind in like when you're going to somewhere in London, you can grind while you're waiting for an appointment, like that kind of thing. Like you don't have to worry about sitting down properly, turning on your game and then grinding and just feeling like you're getting nowhere and just getting so bored. It's like grinding for me is good in like 30 minute segments, not in like yeah. an hour. I mean, I played play. Crisis Core is great for me when I played that. I played on the train. Yeah, well, I think one of the things with liking it more on handhelds, and this is just me, is that when I see a TV, you know, I want something that's constantly moving, something that's constantly interacting. You know, when you have a TV and you're playing, like, let's say a shooter, you know, there's a lot of action, there are many things going, you're constantly reacting. If you're playing Final Fantasy 1 on the TV, it's much more slow-paced that you don't have near that amount of action mm-hmm. or interaction with everything. I think, at yeah. least with me, that's why I've always had a preference for RPGs on handhelds. Yeah. I definitely agree. Although I will say that, um, at least with the Persona series, I mean, their ports to the handhelds have been not so good. Golden was better, but uh, P3P was terrible. That was so bad. Everyone says that Golden's one of the best. That's that's yeah. good. That's good. But P3P was terrible. I mean, the way that they ported that was just god-awful. I mean, they didn't even bother with the animation. Uh, I won't even get into it. <laughs> uh, it's anger. not a Persona show. Anger, I know. Um, but either way, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely, as I've gotten older, prefer playing it on playing it on handheld, but at the time that was all I had is, was a console. Yeah, I think, like, the new iterations that come out, it makes more sense to play them on a home console. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be the same, though. Like, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable playing Final Fantasy Thirteen on a mobile yet. Ooh, no. But in like, but in ten years' time, it could be. Are are the next generation coming up going to be like, yeah, no? I just it, the graphics just don't really like draw me in in that way. Like, I need something much better on my TV. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you already like kind of look at it. I mean, I know that it's not 
in the in-game graphics aren't the same, 13. but like you think about like Mobius, Mobius and um and Brave Exvius on the mobile, like how good that- those how good those CG graphics are. Final Fantasy 13 is like six years old now. Goodness, it's it's crazy. We're getting yeah, old. Yeah, it's crazy. I yeah. know we are old. Well, y'all are older but- than me, so I feel a little bit better. <laughs> why thank you i know thank you makes us feel so much better now <laughs> but yeah ultimately i think it's i think it's always interesting to kind of discuss like what it's like to go back because everyone always has different experiences everyone always yeah. looks at different things in different yeah. ways and um i think i mean like lauren for example you you've um just gone back and you've replayed final fantasy 8 and you've replayed final fantasy 10 and 7 and, and six. 6 and 3 and one, <laughs> I play like a load of But like of them you now. hadn't done it for a long time. No. But you just decided that I'm going to go and do it. And you didn't do it on a handheld necessarily. No, I did it. I did Final Fantasy 1 and 2. We were playing on Game Boy Advance. And then um, the other ones I've been pretty much playing on either PC or Vita. I mean, what was it like, like Final Fantasy 10 going back? Was it, Did you feel the same way? Oh, I love, I still love that game. That one is probably, it, it just, everything is just so good with that game. It was so polished. And I mean, granted, the story, the story was fantastic. The humor wasn't as good as it had been in the past. I mean, Final Fantasy VI is definitely, the Final Fantasy VI and IX were stellar with regards to humor. Final Fantasy X had a bit more awkward moments. But, um, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ugh, yeah, that. <laughs> um, oh, Yuna, you woke up and your hair is messy. Ha, ha, ha. It's so funny. Right, um, right. That's probably the funniest part is probably the freaking, I just love hearing um, that guy talk. Shoe puff. I know. Right, shoe puff. Miss Yuna. Um, <laughs> Lady Yuna. Oh, hi, fellows. Yeah, they're so cute. Um, But... Yeah, no, I really loved playing Final Fantasy X. Playing Final Fantasy VI was actually interesting because, I mean, lately there's been that massive sort of fan-gasm over Final Fantasy VI and everybody's it's just like... It's kind of always been there. Let's let's remake Final Fantasy VI. But to be honest, Final Fantasy VI, I don't think, and I'm going to rub a lot of feathers here, but I don't think it's as good as people think I it agree. is. I agree. I think I, that... I stand by Lauren like, on this. I think it's I that nostalgia li- thing. I like, the, I like the game system. I like all that stuff. Like, playing it now, I just felt it to be so overwhelming with how many freaking characters you had to level up. Like, I mean, you have, like, you have the main, the core guys. So you have, like, Edgar and Sabin and Terra and uh, Locke and Celeste. And I sort of consider them to be the sort of main ones. But then you have, like, Realm and Strago and... Uh, then you have these random ones, Gogo and um, Umaru. Umaru, like what? Wh- <laughs> when am I supposed to use them? Like and Mog as well. Like it was just so much. And Gao, like you had to do so much freaking collecting in that game in order to actually utilize the characters. And I was just getting so fed up. And the fact that like you had to use them in the um, the final bit when you go uh, up, Kes- uh, up Kefka's tower. It just pissed me off. It just made me so angry because <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to use these characters. I want to use the characters that I like, which were Strago and um, Edgar and uh, I think it was Celeste and Locke were were my sort of my guys. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a tangent. That's that's something. For I know, time. I know, I know, I know. But like, I mean, it, yeah, it's just the it's just the thing. Like, um, going back to that game. They've polished the the characters so much more now than that how of, they were then. That kind of like it started it off. Yeah, it started off really well. Like I mean, it, it and like seven in a way was basically, and this is going to get the hate. Seven in a way was like the polished version of six because there are a lot of similarities between seven and, and there six. Are a they, lot they, of they, t- they took a little bit. I would I would argue that nine is the polished version of six. No, the, the, the way like the, the the different relationship. I mean, they even reuse some of the flipping music. Like they, it's true, it was, Celeste's there, theme. There are lots of inspirations that they took from six but, and put them directly into seven. But seven feels a lot different to six. Oh yeah, like atmosphere but and everything. Nine, and... nine and six are very similar, and I feel like you know you have you have the similar characters, so you still have like Queena and um that sort of thing, like collection of um of spells and that kind of stuff. But it's all a lot more tight knit. I never felt overwhelmed playing Final Fantasy IX as I did with Final Fantasy VI. I've always Fantasy thought VI. of IX as the love letter to one. 
I, I see more similarities between one and nine than yeah. nine and well, any of the others. It's a love letter to everything. Yeah, it's a love letter to the older to the older games, really. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like the humor was similar with um, nine and uh, nine oh, and definitely. six more so than more so than um, any of the other ones. But anyway, 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 we could talk about this all I know, day. We could do, but we have other things that we need to get onto. Fine. Yes. So we're gonna head on to some news now. Um, there's not actually that much that we can talk about with the news, so we're gonna talk through this a little bit, and um, hopefully, you guys, there's something in here that interests you. Mm. Uh, we'll see. The first story is that Final Fantasy 14 may end up coming on the Xbox One, but I'm gonna preface this by saying, don't get your hopes up too much. Oh uh, no. What? So basically, right? I when this story came up, I can't remember who it was from. Game Gamespot, maybe they interviewed mm. um uh, Yoshida. And uh, he was talking about how Microsoft have kind of opened up communications. And I was like, oh, that's, I seem to remember something about this. Looked back in the old Final Fantasy Union archives <laughs> and found out, yeah, basically in 2009, and this is really strange, but because Final Fantasy XI was already on Xbox 360. And Final, at that time, you got to think like, you know, they just announced that um, the year before that Final Fantasy XIII was not, no longer a PSO exclusive. Uh, there was like the, there was loads of um, Xbox 360 exclusive titles uh, such as the Star Ocean, Infinite Undiscovery, um, the Lost Remnant. They were it was it was a it was a really interesting time in terms of Square Enix and Xbox. But they came out and said that Square Enix weren't going to be releasing Final Fantasy 14 on Xbox 360. It was back then because Xbox One didn't exist. And it was Microsoft's fault. Like Microsoft basically turned around and said, "We don't want your game in our system." The- um and it, it it was it was really strange like the just both parties were coming out and saying different things like Square Enix was saying that the guidelines for Xbox Live were too strict but then they also have Final Fantasy 11 on there so how does that work there were complaints about the fact that if you had an Xbox Live subscription you'd have to play the Final Fantasy subscription on top of that to play the MMO whereas on PC and uh, PlayStation you didn't have to do that. Yeah. I believe that's still the case on PS4, isn't it? Yep. You, you don't... don't have to have a uh, PlayStation Plus. So Square Enix are really unhappy about the fact that they were double charging and then Microsoft Yeah, which is would... ridiculous. And Microsoft would never give them a cut of the Xbox Live fee even though that was the reason why people were arguably using Xbox Live. So it turns out that yeah, basically around E3 this year Microsoft kind of approached Square to say, you know, be really great if we could have Final Fantasy fourteen on Xbox One. It's doing really well. And Square Enix kind of said, "Well, yeah, but not unless you sort your stuff out." Yeah, because <laughs> your regulations still suck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do I'm, it. See, I'm going to argue against you, Daryl. I'm going to say that fourteen will come to Xbox One, and my reason has two words to it: Phil Spencer. This guy, since he has taken over the Xbox division, every negative thing the Xbox One had going for it has been completely turned around. The Xbox One went from being the joke of this console generation to like an actual force to be reckoned with. I mean, the Xbox One is now actually, and plus the games it's getting, is actually an appealing thing to have. And they've been going back on a lot of bad decisions. So I won't be surprised if we see this coming. I don't know if it's a little, like, too little, too late. Like, I mean, the. Xbox One has been kind of drugged to the ground. I mean, like... Are we talking about Xbox One here? Are we talking Xbox about Final One. Fantasy fourteen coming on Xbox One? Well, Xbox One in general. I mean, I don't know who... Is there... Are there yeah, a lot of people... We could talk about that all day. Are there a lot of people who want to be... Who are, have an Xbox One who are just like, I really need one want to play Final Fantasy fourteen on it? Well, I mean, you got to look at it from the, the fourteen perspective. Um, You know, the game is actively growing all the time. There's new yeah. people getting into it all the time. Yeah. What platform are they going to go on? PlayStation 4 or a PC. But, but, but why? Because that's the only place the game's available. Like, yeah. if you have an Xbox One and a PC, you might actually think... Well, I mean, like we looked at it with the with the uh, the free companies that we're aware of. Not too many people play on PC. A lot of people play on PS4. Yeah, but they will have Xbox One as well. Like maybe because if you want to play on PC, you've got to have a decent enough PC. Yeah, and X like playing on a console is a good alternative. It's not available on it's Xbox One right now. It's true. So, but I mean, yeah, like I guess it would be good for the fans who who have a Xbox One. But yeah, but yeah, Jared, to your point, I don't know if it's necessarily an Xbox thing. And this is going to sound strange, but it's it's a disagreement with Xbox Live specifically. So unless X, I think Xbox Live would have to like 
unless Xbox Live actually change their regulations, I don't think it's going to really apply. But if they do that, then obviously all the other publishers are going to be like, well, well how hey. come you made an exception for them? Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. It'd be complicated. I believe in Phil Spencer. But yeah. All right. So the next story that we have on the list is uh, about Justice Monsters 5. It's been pushed back. I mean, honestly, what is going on with Square Enix? Like, they push back freaking regular titles, and then they push back freaking mobile titles. Well, the like, funny thing about this is that they only just announced it, like, three months ago at their massive event. Like, as far as everyone was concerned, it was roughly going to come out about May. Like, that's kind of when they were shooting for. I thought for. that they were going to be like, all right, it's available now. Same here. But yeah, but then it's, no. like, we heard before E3 that it was, they were having real technical issues. But, like, how do you, like, go from announcing the game to then, like, two months later having mass technical issues that you didn't Square foresee? Enix. Like, I mean, what the hell is going on there? Uh, but, yeah, so apparently now it's going to be releasing in August 2016. Some people have been joking on Twitter saying, oh, it's going to actually be delayed again and it's going to come out on September 29th, right before... I was one August of those people. Uh, I, I could yeah, see that hopefully. happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, that it's, would be harsh. It's really strange that, like, you... You're like, I just, I'm, I I'm stammering here because I I'm know. just so baffled as to how you can go from announcing a game at your massive premium event and then end up delaying it effectively twice. Maybe they're having problems with like integrating it with the game because obviously like it's, it's supposed to eventually integrate with the game. So maybe they're having trouble getting like the records to sort of um, sync. Like, maybe that's what's I, going on. I have on. a little bit of an like, idea uh, behind this, uh, because we know this game's coming out both for Android and iOS. I guarantee yeah. you they're having an issue with the iOS version, because I have programmed yeah, for I believe both so. operating systems. And let me tell you, Apple's programming language sucks beyond our reason. You have no yeah. idea how many issues you run into it. I guarantee you I that's guess because it it's is. not necessarily placed yeah. on the PC. I, I believe that's the case as well, because when it was... When it was being talked about released, I believe it was going to be the Android version that came out first, mm-hmm. and the iOS game was didn't have a release date. Yeah. yeah. Now they're both delayed. But I mean, even just that, they've given a release window of August. That's next month. Like, do you yeah. not know the release date? Yeah, like, I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Oh, anyway, well. all right. So our next story is that Kefka has now joined. Well, he hasn't. Has he joined yet? Um, I believe he might be coming. I don't yeah, know if he's update. actually out yet. Kefka is going to be in the next update for the City of Final Fantasy Arcade, which is so cool. Yes. Although they made him really raunchy now. Like they they sort of like took like the fart humor now with him, but I think it's still quite funny. But like him slapping his butt and stuff. And... He's just sassy. I know it. It is quite silly Japan. though. I mean, even just here, I have no clue what he's saying, but it sounds really silly. But yeah, I mean, he. It, I was. What the shit? <laughs> it was it was interesting to me that they did him as the second character from the villain side. I, I knew that he was I like felt it in my gut. I just guts. It I don't know it's it's gonna make it really hard to predict what they're gonna do next now. Because mm. obviously they did Garland first. That made sense. It was Final Fantasy One. A lot of people were thinking that next was gonna be Emperor because Final Fantasy Two. Yeah. But now they've done I think Kefka. they want hype. Yes. I think they want they want people to be going into the arcades well, then and why play. Why is Sephiroth not in there yet? Because they're waiting, aren't they? They're waiting for more Final Fantasy VII Remake announcements, maybe. Maybe. Because, like, think about it. They have, like, a good thing. They're not planning on releasing Noctis until after Final Fantasy XV's out. This is true, because if you think about the other villains that were in the original Dissidia, like, there's not... I mean, you got Ultimacia. Yeah, like, are um, you really going to? I'm, I'm going to get out of my house right now and go Cloud play freaking Dissidia to go go to an arcade to play Dissidia. X Death, like for oh, X yeah. Death, like I'm going to play for those boobies, you know? <laughs> uh, no, you're going to play for freaking Kefka because he's just silly. Like it's like the Joker in free. That's probably the only reason why I would have bought Mortal Kombat and DC because Joker is just silly and Kefka's that kind of way as well. He's just. You you know that you're going to have all the sass. So, so what you're saying is it's going to be Emperor next because they've just basically just... Oh, we don't have any more interesting characters. I don't know what they're going to do. Jekt is the only other one who's maybe got some... Some people have been saying like they want to see Kuja. I think it would be really sick if they had like randomly had Seymour or something. Like somebody obscure, somebody who they haven't had. I don't think had. they're going to go outside of what they... I mean, well, they, they, they have done Ramza. So yeah. So maybe... Um... Uh, I mean, Ooh, Gibranth, I love- Gibranth, maybe when Zodiac Age comes out, they could do Gibranth. Yeah, could, Gibranth uh-huh. was in Dissidia 2. I mean, yeah. personally, I'm kind of um, hoping we'll see uh, maybe Caius pop up soon. Is that, that's that just me awesome. fanboying. I know, that would be so cool. I wish they would focus on him. I don't think they had a... 
they didn't have a negative uh, no. thirteen didn't did they? No. no. It was just a lightning. No, because there's right. not one. What are they gonna do? Pretendless? <laughs> oh, I'm an old person. I'm gonna whack you with my cane. <laughs> Yeah. But no, I mean like Kefka just reminds me of uh oh what's his name from um League of Legends. Uh what was it? I want to say it's Twisted Fate, but it's not Twisted Fate. You remember the Joker guy? I, I know who you're talking who, about. Like, I just don't know his name. Oh, I forget his name. Why do I forget? Oh, his Shaco. Name? Shaco, that's it. Like he reminds me of him. <laughs> He's going to be such a badass. He's going to be so funny. I actually do really want to play as Kefka. If we ever go, I want to go and play as Kefka. It will probably come out here before we end up going. I know. Sadness. Anyway, our last piece of news is that Brave Exvius has now released. Yay! Yay! Although it's... I was actually looking up and it's it's positive that it's released. Two months actually after they said... And there were no delays that we knew of. No. No, they there were actually no delays. Got done. Yes. Good um, job. Good job, Square Enix. But looking into it, actually, you know they had... Uh, I know Jared was definitely following this. All the pre-registration tiers they set up. Yeah. They only, they only reached the first one. No, oh, no, really? they, they yeah, were higher than that. I actually got an email directly from them. They actually hit, I want to say, the first four or the first six tiers. Oh, that's that's weird, then. because I was on the website, and they were just like, yeah, we hit tier one. Surely they like talk about the highest tier they hit. <laughs> yeah, no, because the no? tier goes all the way up to where it's like you get ten uh, summoning tickets. And I want to say that's either tier four or tier six. I was hoping they'd go way higher than that. But, um, yeah, no, ah, we, they definitely hit past them. the first okay. uh, few. Mm-hmm. I will retract then. Retract that statement. Their their online people are being very bad at their job. Yeah, they yeah, need I to was, promote I was, more. Because well, I didn't. Because obviously playing the game, I only got um, the first tier stuff in the game. So maybe they're just rolling out. Yeah, think, maybe. Because I got Terra in her little mm. magic armor thing. Well, one of oh. us is going to have to do a retraction. But yeah, no. Um, but getting on to it, it's like um, a lot of people are are comparing it to the uh, company that made it. Uh, that made Brave Frontier. Like, there, a lot of people are comparing it to that. A lot of people are saying it's like an upgraded version of all the Bravest, which is not necessarily a very good comparison. No, not at all. But, I mean, it seems like... It, it seems a I, bit you can, unnecessary. You can see elements from each of the different games that yeah. were released. Like, the, the UI is very similar to Theatrhythm. Yeah. I think, and like, I mean, even with um, Kingdom Hearts Key... It's it's obviously a free to play game. I don't like how much they push the monetization though. Yeah. Like you know, I I kind of said to Lauren the other day, like, oh, here's the main screen. What do you, what do you see? What stands out to you? Oh, that that sparkling treasure chest yeah. where when you click it, they're like, oh, get this bundle for eighty five pounds. Yay! I'm so excited. Yeah. No, but I, it just seems unnecessary because like they have this and. They their thing that they keep pushing out is like, oh, you can get these legendary characters and stuff. And it's just like, well, you can get that in Record Keeper. Like, why have two separate games? Like, well, Record I, Keeper is fine. The whole thing with um, uh, Brave Exodus is that it's like more of an RPG story kind of thing. So, with legendary Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. Which is similar. I mean, I just think Record Keeper has a more interesting storyline as well i mean the fact that you're going back into the older games you're reliving it i just i don't know i just it, this game just feels a bit unnecessary to me and mm-hmm. um ugh. a quick little update about the tears you know i can now confirm i have their email in front of me what they told you daryl was we have achieved bonus tier one which is different from tier one that means they have uh-huh. reached the first six standard tiers Plus a seventh, which is bonus tier one. Wow. Why do they have bonus tier one? Why don't they just say eight? Because it's a bonus. <laughs> and there were several bonus tiers. But yes, the wording is garbage. You know, sh- shame on their bonus PR for tier, that. bonus tier, Daryl's. High five for the bonus tier. <laughs> I got a triple bonus. <laughs> plus one. So wait, yeah, like when what happens when they like get to the end of the bonus tiers? Is it double bonus? Uh, it, double bonus tier. I one. know there was at least a bonus tier two. I don't know if they ever updated it further beyond that. Oh, <laughs> all that matters is that I got my ten tier. rare summoning uh, tickets. That's all that matters. But yeah, um, we haven't. N- neither of us have really played Brave Exodus enough to really give any like concrete yeah. thoughts on it. But it's off just- the surface, like I just feel like it's it's not necessary. Yeah. It just feels like a game that's just going to take up all of my space on my yeah. freaking phone. So, so we'll maybe leave that for another time once we've had more. I know Brett Jarrett's really excited to get to kind of dig into it. He just hasn't had the time yet. Yeah. yeah story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we've got one question this episode, which is uh, from Zach. 
So if you want to take that, Lauren. Sure thing. So this question is from Zach Lyons at Zachary P. Lyons, who asks, how likely do you think it is that Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy will get a PS4 Xbox One release? I'd say pretty likely. Yeah. Considering how things are going right now, I just don't know when it's going to happen. Their they're yeah. kind of roster is a bit full at the moment. Oh my God. They went from just zero to like 100. It's the kind of thing that I think once Final Fantasy Fifteen is out, they're obviously going to start moving their focus towards the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, what are Final Fantasies coming out this year? So in mm. reality, you've got Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake and Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. There's not too much else Final Fantasy going on. World of Final Fantasy? I just said that. Oh, okay, sorry. It's coming out this year. Yeah, I mean, true. like, next year. That's true. Because you've uh, also year, got, yeah. like, all the mobile games that everyone was excited about are out. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Mobius is probably going to come out this year, I, I would have thought. Uh, well, it should be. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like, they're the only two big games that they will have for Final Fantasy. So, I mean, Decidio RK is probably going to get something. They're going to have some other stuff rolling around, I've, I would have thought. Is it? It's a weird feeling to think that next year's E3, we're not going to have anything Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's wow, the end of that, that is going to be odd. This was our last is Final that Fantasy. weird? Well, actually, no, you say that. But they might, because it's coming out in September. By that point, there will be some DLC. Oh, good point. Possibly. But it won't be. It won't be in the same capacity. Like you think about it, like the Bethesda press conference what was the big game they were talking about. Fallout Four. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Oh my god, I'm so addicted to Fallout Four, Fallout Shelter. I haven't played it since, but oh, I really want to play it. I'm nope. getting itchy. I'm getting itchy. I'm getting withdrawal symptoms. Two, two, two uh, comments on that. Enix, you- First of all, how horrible is it now that E3 is slowly being reduced to announcements on DLC? I mean, yeah. Secondly, <laughs> as far as the Thirteen Trilogy is concerned. I'm actually a little bit concerned about that because since those three games are already on PC, and you know that's like the same architecture as their current consoles, you know, it makes sense they would be able to port it. But the first two ports, I mean, still get you know mixed reviews here and there because apparently they really weren't the best ports. I mean, like, and I can say because like I recently bought uh, Lightning Returns. Well, even though that game's Mm. been updated a couple times, the first sixty seconds of that game each time you turn on has a ton of issues until the system works itself out. So it's kind of like, are they going to spend more time working on them, or are they just going to do a lazy port for a cash grab? I'd say they'd probably spend more time working on it. it I can see it being similar to like Tomb Raider. So like they did the quote-unquote definitive edition. Uh, obviously, with the 13 Trilogy, it doesn't make sense to do it in isolation. They'd probably want to bundle them up together. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see them doing some kind of Final Fantasy Thirteen definitive edition where they kind of pull them together, um, upgrade the graphics s- slightly, let's say. Um, but I don't know what else they could really do. Nah. But yeah, I can imagine them. I can imagine them coming out with that at some point. Probably announcing it next year or the year after. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they will need some filler stuff going on around the Final Fantasy that VII or, remake. That or maybe like a Final Fantasy VII HD collection, which would be fun. Oh, just give me my Crisis Core. Just give me my Crisis Core. I know. I think that would be cool. I that's what I would be mo- more excited about. They're gonna but... announce the next Final Fantasy VII game. I know. Boom. 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 Yep, it's gonna happen. Yep. It'll be all about Genesis, yes. just like Daryl predicted. Uh, I predicted many, many years ago. <laughs> anyway, right, okay, so our music this episode is from Final Fantasy IV. It's the theme of love. And it's uh, the arrangement is done by Shafi One, featuring Insane in the Rain. And I realized that was a pretty pretty hardcore transition there i didn't really round that topic out no um but uh we, we're, we're rolling with we it we are rolling with it i'm sorry about rolling that. with the homies um yeah our next episode of final fantasy union is scheduled to come out on the 19th of july i'm hoping that we'll have some more news to talk about before then but i'm not holding my breath gamescom is still a while away mm. so we'll see uh you can subscribe to final fantasy and kingdom Hearts union on itunes just search for final fantasy we are the number one show likewise if you go to youtube go to forward slash ff union vids or just type in final fantasy union and of course, you can check out everything on FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you want to support us, please head over to Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about the episode, guys? Oh, Enjoy it? I love it. It's yeah. Good, good discussion, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think yeah. it was good to just talk about the older Final Fantasy yeah. games. The older Final Fantasy Ye games. The olden good times. Discussion. The olden times. Yeah, with that, you guys have got to say goodbye. Uh, bye, guys. See you guys. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>